Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There's so little to talk about these days. I know, exactly. The weather. The, yeah, how is the weather? Do you <laughs> get hail? Yes, quite, in quite, Scotland? O- quite often. Um, like how often? Uh, like once a month depend- or like no? It depends on the season. Um, okay. Like if there's a big rainstorm, we'll probably get hail. Okay. Um, it's not got anything to do with temperature. I find it's more to do with like storminess. Interesting. Is it like damaging hail? No. Like do cars get dented and stuff? Okay. Because no. we'll get like dent your car, break your windshield hail That's once a year, twice a year, and then a, some less destructive hail. Yeah, no, like, our, ours are, like, um, oh, see, I would give you a reference, like, Solero yeah. shots, but I don't think yeah, you Yeah, I don't know what that is. Um, no. Nerds. Like, a nerd, the size of nerds. Okay. Will somebody get us another drink? Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theater Happy Hour. I'm Tommy. <laughs> and I'm Jimmy. And this is the only musical theater podcast with vintage wines. And Chorus Lines. Here, we take apart your favorite shows, muddle them together with a shot of buffoonery, and pour you a refreshing, refreshing, or refreshing, ew, mm. glass of musical <laughs> theater conversation. What are you drinking today, Jim? Oh, Tommy. Well, today, I am drinking... <laughs> I keep forgetting goat... that we do this. Goat's um, blood. The blood of, yeah, goats. No, that's grim. <laughs> There'll be something there. <laughs> I am drinking just like this fabulous rainbow cocktail. Happy Pride. I don't know. Like... <laughs> Read the quiz question. What, yes. what are we doing? Um, so, despite being the brainchild of British authors, this show prominently features the American spelling of a word in order to match a trademark. What show? It is Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Bam, 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 bam. You're going to use a different one now. No, I probably won't actually.
I was watching it with my boyfriend, and like that intro started, which is supposed to be a fanfare. And then, in all his infinite wisdom, Andrew Lloyd Webber does it again. The same stupid fanfare, which is mostly the same note over and over again. And it's not like this is some thematic melody line that underscores a really important message in a thing. No, it's way, way back many centuries ago. Not long after. Like, it's such a stupid. Also, I don't know if you get this, but every Uh time I hear it. I always go into. Tell me what you think about your friends at the top. It's like singing Jesus Christ Superstar. Uh, yeah, well, go. okay. We're doing, we can't get, it's Joseph oh, and the said amazing. That. T- oh, no, we have said that. It's, oh! we have, it's Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dream Code. They spell color the American way, not the British way. Exactly. Music by Andrew Lloyd Webber. Lyrics by Tim Rice. Based on a book of Genesis, it was originally written for a school and made its way to the West End in a really complicated way. It did. I don't like this show, Jimmy. <laughs> well, you know, Listen, I've written this further down, but this is <laughs> this is when I start to understand when people shout at me for liking <laughs> cats. <sighs> is is because I get this now. I could sit in here and you know write an essay and um sure defend why cats is better than Joseph, uh-huh. but for the moment I'll just sit in a, a mutual understanding um, because <laughs> yeah, I think the way a lot of people feel about cats, I feel about Joseph. I think I was I was trying to like wrap my brain around these thoughts yesterday and you know I've been trying to turn over a new leaf with cats and I do think I have come to a place <laughs> where like I can appreciate it for what it is and embrace some of its zaniness like right and you know and enjoy it for that right I I think I like Joseph less I think I yeah. hate Joseph more I think I find it a little more destructive in the canon <laughs> yeah I I com- I completely agree actually um yeah it's it's it it's funny because, because again there's so many people and it's, it's weird because i've now i feel like i've been on the other side of it because there's so many people i know who like adore this show i know people that would say this is their favorite musical oh, right i'm sorry i i know exactly <laughs> they're in my life and it's not a legitimate reason to stop talking to them no um <laughs> like i know and it's you know, hey, Jimmy and Tom, we're never going to yuck your yums. If that's what you're into, then right. that's great. If you great. like the show, great. You do you. Because, again, that's me and Cats. I've been through and that same we, struggle. I, I have no doubt that by the end of this, there will be things we find that we do enjoy They're about super redeeming. Show. Absolutely. Um, but that doesn't stop it from being trash. <laughs> 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 like, come on. It's, uh, it's really... Okay. It's, it's, we got to talk about how we got here. Um, yeah. Which I think well, does hang on. Contribute. See, okay. By railroading yeah. through that introduction, you've completely messed up my I... uh, musical segues. So, <laughs> hang on. This will be the shortest intro ever. I'm going to put a musical segue in right now. Children of Israel, the city of 
and then we can talk. Okay, thank you. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you for opening this safe space for us to now right. talk about the journey. People are used Joseph. to the format, Tommy. I can't go it's change true. it now. I, I know. So many things have changed this year. We can't. Yeah, I'm. I must say, um, I'm really glad we picked this uh, hard hitting. Uh, with all the things, with these challenging times, you know, I'm glad we picked a show that uh, really t- talks about the issues. Right. Exactly. This is the one. This is it. Um, <laughs> what I will say, actually, on that note, um, if you are currently um, in the midst of a re-education or just wanting to explore other issues more fair listeners um do check out some of our other podcasts which yeah, are on we'll shows a, that mean more and are more important maybe we'll put a we'll put a rundown in the show notes of some yeah, we, exactly. we talked about you know uh uh, uh the blackness as it associates with american musical theater and the scottsboro boys exactly um, the scottsboro boys is the one that i i would always say to people go listen to because that for me yeah changed a lot of my i learned a lot just studying that show um and it's still a show that people don't speak about nearly enough and it you know i i do think it was a seminal part in kind of our (laughs) conversation and engagement with some of this stuff absolutely Um, you know in ways that i'm you know that we're all still learning and we're still learning and still are gonna screw it up for sure in a bunch of places but if if you need a break from the world listen to this one joseph if you want to engage more we got some stuff in the back catalog exactly and there'll be stuff coming in the future but for the moment we had already said joseph (laughs) so and here we are we stick to it joseph started he wrote they wrote this when they were very young which way way back many centuries ago they wrote it (laughs) yeah in the grand time of 1968 um Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice, who were friends when they were kids, which is weird. Um, yeah, I know. Or surprising, I guess. I don't want to categorize that as weird. Um, <laughs> but so they, they wrote a 15-minute, 20-minute version of this to be performed at a boys' school uh, in, in in London. In London? In England? In London, yeah. Um, okay. And I guess we'd, we'd be loath not to mention um, one of our good pals of the podcast um mm-hmm. actually went to the school not at that time that would have been excellent can you imagine like we had an wild. obc member <laughs> not obc <laughs> oh i don't know original choir cast member yeah, where do you think where do you think like the original benjamin is today um right that's an interesting thing why have, right, where's that have, buzzfeed article you know what i mean do they i guess here's a here's a, a transatlantic question for you mm-hmm. did you have to perform in like pageants as a kid in school what like i both as in, in like in... honey boo boo <laughs> no 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 um like uh both in catholic school where they were religious themed but then in my time teaching in non-parochial schools like the third graders would do the Thanksgiving pageant, which, you know, we're going to talk about the pilgrims and corn and like, uh, you know, or like, um, you know, like tiny, like school plays, but for young people. So like more than that, like special assemblies. But, but like here all now all the fourth graders are going to tell you about Greek myths. No. Um, no. And I'm Zeus with a thunderbolt. No, we that wasn't a thing. Like we have like school written shows like shows yeah. written for schools, some of which are epic. One of which I would actually like to cover on the podcast <laughs> at some point. Excellent. It's one called King Leo. 
Um, anyway, I've never uh, heard of that. but that sounds fast. But you've never done like non previously written, like student generated when kids are a little too young to maybe do that. Um, no, like we'll do, we'll sometimes do shows and things like that. But the only time I can ever remember doing something like that was um, for like my primary school's like 60th mm-hmm. Jubilee or something like that. Yeah. And every year group did a show. We did The Wizard of Oz completely illegally. Sure. Um, yeah. Like that's the no, only. And, like, I was raised in Catholic school, so we had, like, a Christmas pageant, which was mostly Christmas songs, but also, you know, a little reenactment of uh, uh, Jesus in the manger. And we had an Easter pageant, which was mostly, like, Jesus being nailed to the cross, but as performed by sixth graders, which is wild. Um, (laughs) Like, that was just just a thing. That was a natural part of my upbringing. And parents came to see this? Yes, absolutely. And as a sign of the times, uh, I played Judas in our... Uh, 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 Stations of the Cross reenactment. Okay, great. Um, you know, but maybe they, my teachers knew better than that I was going <laughs> to become an atheist. A mad homosexual. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, <clears throat> no, we didn't. So wait, is, is you're thinking like this would be prime pageant material? That I mean, that is that is the thing I'm associating it with. And even like the Donny Osmond um, uh, film, straight to film production of this, kind of evokes that taste for me yes um but it is interesting to me that that is not you know part and parcel of perhaps british school culture in a way that i assumed it was no like this this thing of like getting a like something commissioned for your school yeah like that would take a very special teacher to do that you know i mean like that to seek that out that isn't something that would ever happen like no like we have school shows and we do school musicals but not in this extent of like let's premiere or something <laughs> purpose purpose written like we the the other i guess the unspoken part about it is like i think in american schools they're also shitty uh um, yes uh-huh. they're and like a, in a beautiful childlike way i never want to you know i always need to say like yes and kids should be encouraged to write and like I'm I am there for the first grade teacher who teaches all the kids to play hot cross buns on the recorder yeah. and like has to sit through that. That stuff is important and it's shitty because um, they're kids. Yeah. Um, okay. Fascinating. So this started as uh, you know Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice's shitty school project. Yeah, basically. Um, so it was um, commissioned, I think, by uh, a teacher. Um, a music yeah. teacher who commissioned it for a, I think a, a boys choir and it started out as just what like a 15 minute piece yeah, 15, like something minute that was piece. just a, a, the, like roughly based on the story of Joseph and then uh, it, it weirdly grew arms and legs <laughs> I don't really yeah, understand it just kind of stumbled and continued to get bigger and bigger. I believe it made its way to the fringe early on. Yeah, so not, um, not the fringe. It's just before the fringe. Very confusing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got yeah. the International Festival, which now runs concurrently with the fringe. But I think back then... Okay. Um, they were different. They were different, yes. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's a you know fringe theatre, similar kind of Yeah, vibe. yeah, yeah. Um, and that was actually weirdly the production that propelled it onto the West End stage. The West End, which then kind of made like that was the leap from this kind of like schoolhouse gymatorium production yeah. to i don't know what what one might term the legitimate theater right exactly um, and i think it, a lot of it was was due to the fact that in this time um android weber had released uh jesus christ superstar and they kind of right. garnered so much fame 
from that uh that people were like hey look at this other like this like niche right yeah <laughs> is like this us more... like talking about dave malloy and like beardo are we like let's get beardo <laughs> you know what i mean is this is, is this the equivalent i mean i don't i don't know if this is the the negative assumptions i have about andrew lloyd webber um as opposed to dave malloy Wait, you don't like andrew lloyd webber i would wager because have you read andrew lloyd webber's wikipedia article recently i love this i found this in doing research Shockingly one i enough, always not enjoy recently, no. <laughs> one i always enjoy that his full title is the right honorable the lord lloyd webber, lord, lord webber um yeah. but he, he is also described as a composer and impresario and i had to click on the blue letters impresario to know what that means a person who organizes and often finances concert plays and operas, oh. performing a role in the stage arts that is similar to that of a film or television producer. So it's like a fancy word to say producer, uh-huh. um, which absolutely Lloyd Webber is. Yeah. Um, all of that to say, I have no doubt whether it's been uh, publicized or not that Andrew had a lot to do with his own self-promotion. Um he, I, I may not like him in a lot of ways, but he is good at promoting his brand. Oh, mass- um, I mean, like he conquered the states. Yeah, oh, it, it, like the real, like all of his reality productions nowadays yeah. are centered around his uh, stage productions. Yeah. Like, so I, I have, I, I could say I'm ninety percent sure that. After Superstar started to take off, he was like, "Well, I got this thing. Uh-huh. Take a look at that. Let's exactly. do this one." And because it, it was already that. done, you know, I mean, it was right. like, "Hey, this exists. We've got yep. this now." Um, Wrap it up, add a song, add a mega mix, send it off. Bish bash bosh, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah so it, it landed on the West End um, and was really successful. <laughs> like really successful. Yeah. It went. I think it went through a couple of iterations even on West End before it became the show that we like know today, like the full version. Yeah. Um, it was really hard to do like a track changes for this show when I was trying to research it, yeah. even, even across like the West End version and the Broadway version and some of the revivals. And it's not like meaningful changes. It's not like, are they performing our little world or not in, uh, uh, into the woods? Right. It's like, you know, stupid little, uh, uh, song changes or like, did they add this song or when did they add this song? Yeah. And it's not really, I, I couldn't find a good source that, laid it out in a way that i could understand no without i, th- I think without finding like the original theater programs and, and things like that you're you're not really gonna know um yeah I, i'm sure there's probably a massive alw nerd out there who who does exactly know and you know yeah. hit us up send it send it our way and we'll retweet absolutely it um, but um yeah it's it is it's really hard to see because like the show basically went from what 30 minutes long to 80 yeah, minutes to, uh, <laughs> I mean, the the full produced version now is 120 minutes. I read uh, reviews of some of the 90s revivals that said it was 120 minutes long. And, like, even the movie is 70-some. Yeah. Um, But nothing's cut from the movie. So how is it 120 minutes long? What show is it? Did they just do it twice? I mean, kinda. I'm sure. I'm sure the mega mix was an hour long, um, or like they hit every song with a, a reprise. Right. Yeah. Right yeah. yeah. Where everyone could sing right. along to this one, though. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Do do a Mamma Mia. For sure. Um, but yeah, the, this show's journey. I like. I'm of two thoughts of it. Mm-hmm. I do honestly adore that. You know, a college age kids project can become so popular that's really cool to me 
And yeah. I do think we see that a lot in musical theater. I mean, that's yeah. in the Heights. You know, there, there's tons of, especially contemporary shows that start as, you know, people's young projects. Because I think the voice of young people is powerful and important and will be de facto new sounding, even if it's based on Genesis. Right. Um, I am of that mind on one half. Uh-huh. On the other half, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat would never have become popular had Andrew Lloyd Webber not found success in Jesus Christ Superstar. Um, yeah. It's, you know, mediocre at best. Like, certainly um, not in a, a national stage. Like, certainly right. not to that. Like, maybe in schools. Right. It could have been that show that every school does. Was it exactly. Almost Maine? Is that that play that everyone does? Yes, for you guys? that everyone does. You know what I mean? Yeah. That could be an equivalent. Right. Joseph is perfect for what it was written for exactly a bunch of middle school boys reenacting a biblical tale right um the fact that donny osmond is in it is completely attributed to like andrew's you know somewhat bizarre rise to success right exactly Um, so here which is i guess is frustrating donny osmond is is a, a great moment to talk about so um like what is that when, like, for, like, contemporary musical theatre mm-hmm. fans, like, our generation of musical theatre fans, who who yeah. will have a relationship with Joseph, is that yeah. your was Oh, Donny Osmond, absolutely. My gateway, actually, was more like the Donny Osmond film. Like, the a touring local production of Joseph came and performed it in my Catholic school's gymatorium wow. when I was in seventh grade. Like, that was my exposure to right, this. Right, okay. And... It's a great idea, man. If you want to make a bunch of money, tour the north suburb of Chicago's Catholic schools with a religious play. I know. Like, man, that great idea. And I'm sure at the time, you know, I don't want to invent seventh grade memories for me, but I'm sure at the time I loved it because it was musical theater and I wasn't very much exposed to that. Right. And, and it's fun. It's fun. We got to skip gym. Like, of course, oh, I'm going to enjoy it. The dream. <laughs> right. Um, but I I would wager that most people, most Americans, like, touch point for this is Donny Osmond. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I, I think, again, for, for a lot of people like my generation, it would be the same. But it, certainly in the UK, it, mm-hmm. it feels like a, a stalwart thing. Like, um, we've had lots of, like, iconic Josephs beyond donny osmond and uh, like there's a lot of people who fascinating to me yeah i know like there's a lot of people who would just when they hear joseph they think jason donovan i don't even know who that is that's wild that is wild to me honestly that's wild to me um who is jason donovan so jason donovan um was (laughs) he started off in neighbors the australian soap soap opera okay i was gonna say sitcom but okay um, and he had a relationship with Kylie Minogue, who also isn't huge okay. in America, which is, again, baffling I, to me. I, Kylie Minogue maybe might be huger than you think, but not, I'm sure, in the way that she is in the She's UK. She's huge. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so they had a relationship in that, and then they both kind of got exported to the UK. Okay. That's quite a lot of Australian things did. Um, because yeah. we got neighbours on our television, so we get we got that on our mm. terrestrial television. Um, sure. And... So we knew who he was. So when he came into Joseph, uh, he did yeah. it for quite a long time, as far as I can yeah. remember. Um, and then he uh, was replaced uh, by a guy called Philip Schofield. <laughs> also don't know who that is. Yeah, is you would. Someone... So, so, so he's like our uh, Regis. Got it. Okay. 
Yeah. Right? Talk show host. To- yeah. Morning like, talk show, like, got it. icon. Oh, I recognize him. Sure. Philip okay. and Holly. Like, they're, they've got, kind of gone viral on YouTube now because they've had some, like, yeah. funny Graham I'm Martin I'm sure that's where I've seen moments. them. But, like, like, the American touch point would be Regis and Kelly. Yes. Like, uh-huh. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And, again, iconic as, like, people, yeah. like, Philip Schofield, a lot of his fame came from yeah. covering... Or like replacing Jason Donovan and Joseph. That and is was crazy. he he was famous before being in Joseph? Not hugely, like at least known. no, because he did okay. he did children's TV back then. Um, okay, so like he wouldn't have got the This Morning gig had he not sure. done Joseph. Got it. Because that's it's the other way around for Donny Osmond. Like everyone right. knew who Donny Osmond was. Like the the theory I was developing in my brain, which is untrue, is that like this show only survives with a star vehicle, but that's not not at all what you're saying no that's fascinating Um, because like philip Schofield was still like almost just as successful as jason donovan even like and he still wasn't like a household name like that kind of thing like he is right um also sidebar with philip Schofield. what's lovely Uh um he came out recently oh congrats to philip absolutely congrats to philip um and yeah we're all happy about that uh but yeah it's it's that again it's funny to me because i'm like these are such stalwart UK people. Yeah. And like, we know them because, because of, of Joseph. Joseph. That's so fascinating to me too, because like, it's such a stupid part. Like, it's not like, <laughs> it's not, it's not Mama Rose. It's not like one of these, you know, it's not like, Phantom. Evita. Like, do you know what I mean, like yeah. people could not name you a Phantom. They could maybe say Michael right. Crawford. They could probably like, say Jared Butler, but like, they would never, whereas right. you say Joseph, and, you say Jason Donovan. And what did these these performers do that differentiated their interpretation of the deep and nuanced subtleties of, of the character of Joseph? You know, like right, nothing. They were camper. I don't know. Like, yeah, it's such like a wonderbread role. Like, totally. There's nothing to do with totally. it. Totally. That's fascinating in its journey. Yeah. yeah. Like this whole show is just a big bizarre accident absolutely and i i I mean again like we we talked about it earlier when we were talking about el dubs but um when his reality tv Mm -hmm. competition was to find the next joseph and it was huge like it was literally like a national treasure tv show when that happened um it wasn't my favorite of all of them, but you know that's fine. Um, God, but yeah, how many of those, again, when like, we run out of musicals, we'll cover those. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, um, I would die if we covered the Over the Rainbow, the Wizard of Oz one. Still to this day, <laughs> one of my favorite TV shows. Um, but yeah, like that's uh, yeah, it's it's just I don't know, crazy to me. Like it, it's such a celebration of mediocrity. Well, I think what a beautiful segue <laughs> <laughs> to start talking about why we're saying it's mediocre. Was counting shackles in his den below the bedroom when he heard a mighty rumpus clattering above him. Suddenly he knew his bitches couldn't buy him what he wanted, so would never make him happy if she didn't love him. In jail, the things 
you have done are beyond the What's quite funny is like, I, I would say like in the UK, it it is one of the most popular musicals. Everyone has wow. an opinion about it. It's similar to Cats, yeah. I would say. Um, sure. Whereas Cats, like people kind of, they hear Cats and they just, they kind of hate it because they know it's hated. Whereas Joseph doesn't right. have that same treatment. Like Joseph is like, ah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. How sweet. Yeah, exactly. Because people have this link to their I don't know it maybe is this kind of nostalgic vibe to their childhood that they're like oh yeah, yeah it's such a man I I wrote this word down and I can't remember it um it was in I reread the great white way a couple weeks ago right no it was in a no it wasn't in that it was in an article that was referenced in it I got a I got a big like red yarn wall of different articles I've been reading uh-huh. <laughs> um and for the life of me, I can't remember this word. Please, someone tell me if you can think about it. But it's an idea of manufactured nostalgia. Um, the article I was reading about was talked about 42nd Street, the musical, not the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish I had this line of thought when we originally talked about 42nd Street. Right. Um, that, like... 42nd Street, the 1990s musical, is kind of manufacturing a like, oh yeah, I remember that, out of things that didn't really exist then. Like, Mm. it adds a bunch of new songs that aren't in the movie, it cuts a couple problematic things that are in the movie, but still makes you like nod and sigh and be like, oh yeah, the good old times. And like, it feels like a revival, but it's not. It's a brand new show based on a very old movie. And they had a word to describe this thing, and I can't remember what it is. But there is that sort of same feel in Joseph, like this manufactured nostalgia. Uh-huh. Like, uh, yes, yeah, <coughs> if you walked back into the theatre when you saw it originally, right. would you have the same reaction of like, oh my god, I love this? Or how many people, like, you know, would go see a, a version in the early 2000s and have that kind of feeling like, oh, Joseph, I remember hearing about that in a pleasant way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, but has have not actually had a previous history or experience with Joseph. Just the whole thing itself is kind of manufacturing your memory of it. Yeah. And it kind of does double duty there because it is a biblical retelling, which already kind of does that. And even in in its content and its structure, you know, this is really what it is, I think, uh-huh. as I have this conversation out loud. Like the whole, you know, if we're going to talk content, like Joseph's I Want song is uh, uh, Close Every Door to Me or whatever the real name of that song is. Um, yeah, Close Every Door, uh-huh. right? That has to be his I Want song. <laughs> I mean- it's it's, the, it's the not an I want of applying. Song. Well, because the thing is, it's like you would, you could argue that it's any dream will do, but that also sure. that's a song that exists out of time, right? Out of time, and seems very much like in one version it was the finale, but it was too good of a song for them to make it the finale, so they kind of need to put it as part of the like prologue, prologue, right? right? Yeah, the, like just the, <laughs> the concept of Joseph having any sort of hero's journey 
Right. But if you're going to like implement that on top yeah. of it, structure-wise, close every door is like a, a character moment for him. And also he expresses no wants in this song other than like, leave me here, um, which would make a very boring rest of the show. Yeah. And then, like, I don't think I'm mincing words when I say a chorus of disco people show up and say, hey, Joseph, don't be so down in the dumps. We've read the Bible and we know it turns out okay. Go, 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 Joseph. Sha-na-na-na. Like, and so there is already this, like, pre-established, even in the prologue, like, oh, you know this story, right? The story of Joseph. Uh Don't you remember how it went? Yeah. And... It it latches onto intentionally or otherwise this kind of like nostalgic, I don't know, f- flavor pellet uh-huh. that kind of carries it through. Which I think might and in- I would wager might inform why people seem to have this relationship, this heartwarming, nostalgic feel with it. It is interesting. That might actually. not really be there. You kind of hit something there because, like, so out of interest, what? Uh, well, you went to Catholic school, potentially. Yeah. Uh, do, how much Old Testament did you get? Plenty. Okay. Um, I, I certainly, I am confident, because I'm sure they did it in preparation, but I'm certain when we went to see the musical in the gymatorium, mm-hmm. we had spent the last day reading the story of Joseph. Okay. Right? Okay. I'm sure we were prepped that way. In, in like, mainstream elementary? Probably less so. Um, uh-huh. Which is another fascinating thing about this being a religious piece, which hashtag I want to get to later. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't know if Joseph is in... Uh, my my boyfriend, who is raised pretty agnostic, um, right. does not know the story of Joseph. Right. Aside from as presented in, in the musical. musical. Same with, certainly with, with my primary school education, it might be different now. I don't think it is. Um Sure. I went to a relatively secular primary school, but we did have RE and we did do some stories in the Bible. Joseph was not among them. Um, Interesting. We did Moses. Yeah. We did... I think it might have just been Moses from Old Testament. Did you do Adam and Eve? Not sure not that's... really, no. Okay. Um, not in it. No, actually, not in any sort of detail. Okay. Um, but Moses is like a, a studyable story. Like, yeah, we 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 did that. Like historical. Yeah, and yeah, I think we did the passion, the okay. class, the yeah. ones that Which hit the holidays, sense. like the classics. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Joseph is never among them. So again, that's another like when you yeah. talk about that like nostalgia, like you know this story actually. Right. Well, and I do wonder because <laughs> what is what is fascinating about Joseph because it is in the Old Testament because it is in Genesis, mm-hmm. I, and of course I went to Catholic school, so I'm you know a little out of my lane here. But right. it, Joseph is also a, a pretty prominent figure in uh, Judaism Absolutely. as well. Yeah, well, because I know like um, I, certainly from my, a lot of my Jewish friends, like one of their big movies is mm-hmm. the animation of Joseph King of Dreams, I think it's called, which is the other DreamWorks animation that was Prince of Egypt. Oh, I don't know. I huh. it, Is it about Joseph? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it never reached the heights in success that Prince of Egypt did. Um, sure. But it's still actually really good, <laughs> beautifully yeah. animated, in the complete sure. same style like yeah as, as and it's the same same story joseph and the sons of jacob and uh-huh. yeah 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 dream coat um, and all that okay and it's like loved by a lot of jewish families yeah it, because again that's one of the big stories that they would have learned as children sure and, and 
that's fascinating yeah. because maybe there is a different reason why British people and American people like this. Like, I guess, I guess I don't know if this is entirely true, but an assumption I have had about one of the differences between British culture and American culture mm-hmm. is that at least in British culture, religion is a little more performative and people kind of they're they're and tell me i'm wrong uh-huh. if i am but that there is more of a sense you, you know your religion doesn't end up as closely mired with a lot of your politics in the same way it does in america um you know uh, i think the converse is there and that it's so deeply ingrained in our politics ah okay uh, that it's, it's impossible to separate yeah but it's it's moved with the times like obviously we're not it, we're not a, a complete Catholic country that lives by Catholic law, right? Um, but you know, do do politicians mention God in public speeches? Yeah, they would, and that wouldn't be a okay. weird thing. Um, okay. And I mean, I don't, I don't know the intricacies of this. Really, pulling out my ignorance, but like, sure, and and, and me neither in America. Yeah, either, like, but... but I think they would, like, you know, and certainly the House of Commons and and things like in mm-hmm. Parliament, they still swear. By, by god and the royal family are all like performatively religious right um like they could never not get married in a church sure okay for example yeah yeah yeah. which i think might have been um, a thing recently i don't know i don't know enough about it um because right. i am not religious and, in any way <laughs> absolutely and like that's that's the other half is like i don't care enough about it right um like i i like it's performative to me to as the get-go and then beyond that i don't care to look into the intricacies yeah but it is the well here will you play some music here so we can talk about adaptations i want to give you your segues <laughs> well wait i don't think we're finished in content but i want to okay uh, we'll talk about it later. So. Yeah, we'll get there because I think you made a beautiful point here. But I feel like we can't glance over. Okay, okay. Um, no, and actually, before we move away from it, like we are talking a lot about English American. Like mm-hmm. to me, this is mm-hmm. the single most English show that exists. And That's... not in the sense of like My Fair Lady, where it feels like it's an where exotic, it, yeah. you know, yes. like picture. Or Mary Picture Poppins, of England, like, but like London. this show couldn't happen, couldn't be written anywhere. But absolutely, England. like this is to me watching this, I'm like, this is England, like that kind of sure. middle class England. Yeah, um, no, that I feel be between some of its like unspoken panto roots, and yeah. I also think some of the ways that uh, uh, that I notice more so now, but even in the past, that like English people kind of breeze past a particular kind of extra country racism mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that seems really embedded in this show. For sure. Um, like, yeah, I see that in some big, big ways. Yeah. I, I, to me, like, again, like that's another reason why I'm just, I am baffled why it's so successful in the States because it, to me, it feels like alien. Like if I was watching that, as an American, yeah. I'd be like, "This is what the hell." I like. I think it's. I think it's because it's successful in a time when musical theater was bridging. Because like we're we're in the seventies to eighties here, right? Yeah. So we're we're in the like the uh, hair to cats gap. Yeah. Okay. Um, which I think this does, right? Mm-hmm. It kind of has that kind of God spelly free love roots to it, but then through its adaptation can be big and disco mm. and Las Vegas and singers mm. and like happen to like 
take us from one to the other yeah like in a very american it's way it's so numbers focused that actually you're not no one's really paying attention to what the narrator's right. saying it it is as yeah. you know it is as and pardon me but as like plot agnostic as cats is yeah oh completely but that, this is i get like <laughs> i said i wasn't gonna do it tommy don't make me do it <laughs> but like i think this is this is why i do prefer cats to joseph because cats is like unashamedly like without plot i yes. obviously there is Cat- a story but it's without right. plot um cats knows what it is joseph tries to have a moral um, right, Joseph really goes for a full book musical like sung through yeah, moment and here. Like even even with just and like the Bible, a book of in, like parables at right. least intended to be intended to be interpreted and embodied. The book that is meant to be used that way, right? Yep. Just taking the story of Joseph, what the fuck am I supposed to learn? Yeah. From this story. Exactly. Kill your brother to survive a uh, 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 famine because he might just accidentally survive. Like jealousy's uh, a bitch. I don't know. Like <laughs> fra- you know, get back at your siblings by framing them for theft. Yeah, uh, like out of like nowhere. You know, uh, fall in love with your slave owners, but make sure you sleep with their wife, but in an accidental way. Like yeah. Wearing What's, rainbows outside so, of Dune does work. I don't know, like something. <laughs> and like, those are the morals of the interior story, and then the morals of the exterior story uh-huh. are either like, you make your own destiny, but, um, which is a bullshit yeah. moral. Like, but also not not, not, not like, at all because it's this God gave him his destiny. <laughs> yeah, right. I should I should say not like. Not you manufacture your own right, destiny, okay, but you yeah. dream, you, you imagine yes. your destiny and it manifests itself, right? Yes. Um, or like, everyone has a purpose and sometimes it's going to suck. Like, there's not a real good, no. feel good, you know, fortune cookie style That's moral to, like, to take away from just any part of the show. Nothing happens. Like, nothing happens. No. Like, when people say nothing happens in Cats... And I could speak for 20 minutes about what happens in Cats. In this right. one, obviously I can say what happens because there is, yes, there is a story. Right. But why? <laughs> it's so disjointed. And it is also predicated on the idea that you want, you know what's going to happen next. Exactly. Baffling. It's bonkers. It's absolutely baffling. Yeah. Um, but hey, but also this fun quote from Genius. <laughs> It's really good. You gotta. Who'd ever have looked up the genius annotations of Joseph? I love looking up genius annotations when they're not like vetted by Dave Malloy or Lin Manuel Miranda. Exactly. Because they're just random. They're, you know, they're me when I was in high school, like really excited to give my particular take on musical theater in the internet. Yeah. Um, There's a highlighting of the listing of the colors. Uh, and a wonderful user says the whole cast will spend entire bus rides, showers, homerooms, free periods, lunch blocks, and time backstage just trying to remember all these damn colors. And it has 13 upvotes. Um, yeah. And <laughs> you can't lie. It's so true. Well, I do want to, you know, I like that probably this is probably written by a high schooler, and I appreciate mm-hmm. your addition to this. Um, if we're going to diagram this sentence, there's mm-hmm. one way in which it says this whole cast will spend entire showers trying to remember all these colors, which I mean, you know, I did. I understood theater in high school, but it's a bold thing to put on the Internet. 
Well, you know, times have changed, Tommy. <laughs> These casts. <laughs> you know how close casts can get. Oh God. I had man, it's so it's fun to think about that for hair. It's weird to think about that for Joseph. For Joseph, absolutely. So hey, speaking of showers, uh let's talk about adaptations. That was good. Yeah, that was so, yep. That's how segment works, right? Just say what I think about. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let me just ride on my Segway. See, that's better. I oh, I saw a person on a Segway today um, in real life. They were wow. ticketing cars on the street in front of my building. Get out of town. You're public service. I do think that uh, we, I think it is a diminutive term, but generally they're referred to as meter maids um, <laughs> in America. Um, it's, just, it's, it's diminutive and it's like also... You know, it speaks to the the gendering of jobs uh-huh. in both ways that uh-huh. are problematic. Also, this person, you know, seemed very male identifying. Um, so, right. meter maid is especially diminutive. Um, we call them parking and, attendants or traffic wardens. These are better terms. Thank I like you. parking attendant. Um, I will use that from now on. A parking yes. attendant was on a Segway ticketing cars. Great. Um, anyway, anyway, I saw a Segway today. Adaptations. I think I figured out my big problem with Andrew Lloyd Webber. Oh my god. This is this is hang on, I'm gonna sit cross legged so I can enjoy it. <laughs> this is bold. Four years in the making. 
he's bad at picking things to adapt. Okay, so. Go on. Okay, Joseph has like right. no uh, yeah. distinct morals, right? Cats, regardless of what you think of the final thing, right? It's a book. If of you've poems. ever, it's a book of poems. Yeah. Evita, and okay, hold on for a no, second no, no. because I want to find a quote um, from Tim Rice actually, uh-huh. um, but that is around this sort of thing, and I imagine these things happened you know, in conversation with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, this is from a 1982 newspaper, the Herald Journal. So Tim Rice is talking about, there were a couple protests outside of Joseph um, from like religious fundamentalists. Okay. You know, you're destroying the Bible by having them wear cowboy hats while mm-hmm. they do this thing, blah, 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 blah. Um, and kind of talks about some of the other times he's encountered things like this. Um, and he talks about Evita, um, Tim Rice says, uh, he takes no strong political stances, although he and composer Andrew Lloyd Webber came in for ideological criticism over the musical Evita about Ava Perone. quote, trendy liberal critics were frightened in a, and in a way scared that they liked the show. Rice said over breakfast at the Beverly Wilshire hotel. I felt they were concerned to distance themselves from Ava Perone. They blamed us for their, the Perone's misdeeds. Tim Rice goes on to say in this article that he's not particularly religious, but enjoys adapting shows that are real or based on reality, talking about Superstar and Joseph, Uh Um, which, because he did these things in Lloyd Webber's company, I am conflating these things. There's a lot to unpack there. One, like qualifying the story of Joseph in the Bible as a real story Mm -hmm. is a big jump. (laughs) Um, but also there seems to be this like ideological thing about taking no political stances. And if you are, for example, elevating the story of Ava Perone on stage, you're taking a stance mm-hmm. by giving that story a voice and you are owning their misdeeds and how you talk about them. Yeah. You might denounce them in the thing, but you don't get to be a neutral party in this topic by adapting it, right? Because you're making choices there. Unless you're like verbatim taking four words, you know, exactly what they said and putting it on stage. And even that is problematic. Uh So like even the idea to adapt the story of Evita is problematic, right? I think Andrew Lloyd Webber has bad taste. The, The frustrating thing about that, right? Is uh-huh. I'd say you come extremely close, but you can't argue that the passion is a good thing to adapt. I can argue that, but like because it's one, and, it's the most adapted story of all time. Sure, but the tact at least Rice is taking in this, and I've seen, you know, it, it is hard to find Weber talking about his religion. They're not adapting it because they feel some. Uh, like deep biblical connection. biblical yeah. connection, or you know, God given uh, duty to bring the story out. There, like Rice says, he's adapting it because it's quote unquote real. Um, mm. but he's not religious. But he's doing this story where you know, the man talks to the deity in the sky. Like, there's a 
they don't think through the things they're adapting, right? I think Superstar is an easy choice because exactly as you've said, it is so adapted, right? Mm -hmm. I think their motivations for these things are not out of a, the things I want in my art, right? Mm. Giving a voice to the voiceless, showcasing underappreciated things, examining interesting stories. I think the things they choose are they're like, well, this will make a good show. Um, yeah. or this will be easy or get yeah. people in the seats. Um, not see, because mm. it is, it is so particularly suited to its content. Not that they don't do great things with that. So, you know, Superstar is revolutionary in its mm. concept album structure. Like, don't get me wrong on, on this stuff. And even Cats, like as much as it's, you know, bizarre and weird is a huge step in this kind of performance art. Like the, the, the mechanics of their theatricality is not the thing I have the problem with. Uh-huh. It's their choice of source material or adaptation material or what they want to be artists about, right? Yeah. It almost to the point where it makes them feel less like artists and I don't want to gatekeep here with that. Right. Like but you know, if you're just going to trace someone else's thing and entirely do your own thing on top of it, why are you tracing that person's thing in the first place? Mm-hmm. Like imagine the fantasticness of Superstar or cats even, but with an original story or a climactic plot. Like, or imagine, you know, the catchy songs of Joseph mm. with a moral attached to them. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's weird because, like, I think, yeah, I think that, that really fits for Joseph. But I actually, because I think Evita's really good in the way that it, like, straddles that line of controversy. Sure. Um, no, I feel that. And I, I like Evita too. But it's, it's, um, it's weird because they had a conversation about it. I can't remember who sat on which side. Um, mm-hmm. I think Andrew Lloyd Webber wanted it to, like, deify. Like, exonerate and, you know. Yeah, he kind of wanted to be like this garment. And then I think it was, I think this is the way around. Listen to our podcast on it. We get it right in that. Um, <laughs> but Tim Wright, or the other one, um, said, right. no they were a horrible person. I actually think I might be right. getting it the wrong way around. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but there is there is that tension there, which I do appreciate. And perhaps Evita is a uh, less good example in that yeah. sort of thing. Because um, I but, guess like even, even something like Phantom, right? Which, right. again, is a really good story to adapt. Maury Yeston did it very well. Sure. Um, but... I'd agree that there's less substance in terms yeah. of the story adaptation. Well, and, and like the things that they adapted out of that story yes. are like about a sexual predator who like uses his foibles to get what he wants. Mm. Like the the things that appealed to them in that story are not good things. Yes. Yeah. All capitals underlined. Yeah. Like bad taste bad taste i you mean know, like why is i think why is that the story you want to elevate yeah i think the best argument uh to to agree that angela Weber has bad taste is to look at the logo for the new production of cinderella have you ever seen it <laughs> no i'm scared. oh my god i cannot wait for this live reaction that we're gonna get okay <sighs> please just google angela Weber 2019 cinderella 
Let's see. Oh my god, it looks like a butt. It what looks is, like it's been like made the, on paint. Like the spray painty one? Yes, And Tommy. with like she's spray painting her dress. Ah. Like what is that? Look at it. It's He has That's bad the taste. logo. He has bad like the, you can't not look at that and him signing off on that. We haven't even mentioned Starlight Express. Like yeah, yeah, we have. We've never discussed Starlight Express, which is, it might hold a soft spot in your heart. But we need to remember that Andrew Lloyd Webber was pissy that he wasn't allowed to adapt Thomas the Tank Engine, and yeah. so wrote his own roller skating train musical. Yeah, taste like. Yeah, I'm not going to argue. For, I'm not going to argue for right? Angela Rivers. And I know, <laughs> and I know, I have like crossed the line into artistic gatekeeping, and that's fine. Um, uh-huh. And I will own that. But like, when when there are limited stages and limited opportunities for voices, like it's it's a zero sum game. And yeah. like, you know, they're going to revive. And maybe this will be a great segue. But they're they have plans to revive Joseph in 2021. Yeah, I I mean. Right. This is why it's tricky with Joseph. Because it started off as a 15-minute choral piece. Right. Right? Yeah. It started off as a nothing. Then they got successful, and people were like, you should do more with this. And then they had to be like, okay. And they're extrapolating from nothing. Right? Right. Now, the decision that they should have made was, that can't work. We can't do that. We'll write something we else, that. but that isn't going we'll, to work. We'll let it live along like Sondheim Saturday Night does. Right. Uh, you or know, just like, it's this on... really good elementary yeah. primary school musical that can be performed right. for 30 minutes. And hey, did you know it's by Andrew Lloyd Webber? Exactly. But, you know, capitalism's a bitch. <laughs> and <sighs> they wanted to make money. And that yeah. is why it's a show about nothing. Yeah, um, it's well. The, here's here's I think the difficulty and why I like it less than cats and why and I think I said earlier why I think it is actively I, destructive. It I is more than a show about happy nothing. I am about this like, <laughs> cat, like loving. I've, I've worked miracles. Cats, cats generally brings people joy, or at the worst confusion. Mm-hmm. Some some outliers like me rage and anger, but I think we are f- few and far between, and because we have like deep opinions about this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. I don't think cats perpetuates any kind of like bad omens or stereotypes or destructive feelings or things that I feel are bad to the world, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I don't I like that and that to me net good generally. Yeah. Right? Uh Joseph, I mean, we can start with Benjamin Calypso and go on from there, right. but like Joseph is problematic, you know, and problem and it it is problematic in a way that people don't talk about like i searched for a long time for a scholarly discussion or even a mention of how racist the song benjamin calypso is in this show yep i did the exact same thing that's really funny actually (laughs) and like you'll find footnotes and local reviews of community theater productions yeah that's about it yeah Um, and a lot of the time it's, it's just like yeah but you know like that's that's the right. tone that is always adopted. right. There's like right. a a hand waviness to it, and like 
it's st- it's all tied together. It stems out of their and they were young, yes, but laziness of writing styles. Like they're they kind of like play wheel of fortune with musical genres yeah, in this show, right? Totally. This song's a country song. Why? Eh, you know, like, this song's is, like exactly. a soft shoe number. There is right. No this one's French because berets rhymes with cannon days, uh-huh. and that's how we can justify yeah. it. Like. And then we get to this Calypso song, which, and I think this is what I mean by like the very particular extra country racism of English people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I think, well, I like to believe Americans would be faster to see a bunch of white people on stage performing a Calypso song as appropriative and racist. And I, I s- see something in the English artistic thing that like allowed, you know, the, um, the, uh, American Indians in Peter Pan to exist as, you know, red face stereotypes for as long as they have. It's mm. that same kind of like English colonialism appropriation um, <laughs> that would, you know, make standard middle-aged uh, English audiences not uncomfortable with this Benjamin yeah. Calypso song. Yeah. And I certainly think for, for a long, long time, what I would say um, is they've definitely got wise for the most recent production. Um, yes. So, yeah, one of the director's biggest things well, was yeah. fixing Benjamin Calypso. Now, yeah. the way that they've done it, whether you will say this is fixing or not, um, they've set it um, in the Notting Hill Carnival. Okay. Do you know anything about that? Nope. Okay. You so, said words that I understand apart. Right. Well, you know together. Notting Hill. Sure. The place in London. The place in London. Right. And I understand the concept of, of a carnival. carnival. So, yes, basically yeah. that. Um, so, I, I don't really know the, the main origins of it. I think there is a specific reason why it's A in Notting Hill and B at a certain time of year. Um, okay. And I think it's to do with the... Uh, I think to do with the population of uh, Trinidadian, Caribbean... Uh, okay. people coming into London but I, I don't know any sort of specifics beyond that and that will be some reading that I will be doing and we can all do together um, but anyway it's like a stalwart of, of British culture okay. you know what I mean and it's something that is really celebrated and is a beautiful diverse melting point it looks like the Rio Carnival in a much smaller scale do you know what I like that so that's it. basically it yeah 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 Okay. <clears throat> and in, in London in cold London, which I was right. really yeah. <laughs> yeah. The costumes don't change, but you know, the temperature does. <laughs> but the weather does. Yeah. Got um, it. So the new production has uh-huh. set it uh, like that. So it's not uh, specifically we are pastiching Calypso music. It. It, is, it is. This is a celebration of many cultures. Celebration, melting pot. So I think they don't do the accent. And okay. banana, yeah. banana, banana in the background is no longer banana, banana, banana. It is la la, yeah. yeah. as it absolutely should be. Um, so that's what they've done. Sure. Obviously, I think that's like the best you could possibly do. I mean, if you exclude the best you could possibly of, do is to not yes, do this exactly. Show. Well, uh huh, yeah, or not do that song. Right. right. I mean, you. I the, then it becomes a. It's hard to do. Then why do the show? Right, exactly. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, but I think uh, that's yeah, that's the best way that you can adapt that and sure. inverted commas fix I, it. 
Um, I do think, and I think, I think this is a journey I'm going on. I think two years ago, I would have agreed and been like, good. Yeah. And now I'm like, I'm not okay with that. I'm really not. Like, you still have the lyric, Benjamin is honest as the coconuts. Right. Like, what a ridiculous, and like, you're when you seed it in this, you know, Caribbean pastiche of like this is black culture like yeah. and we're gonna sing you know this very simplistic uh and especially a lot of productions from the 90s to the 2000s like casting the one black brother and making right. the one black brother sing this one black song exactly is you know the the assumed whiteness of broadway coming back and kicking it and it's like oh you think you're being not racist but it's still racist yeah. like you know and the fact the the huge problem i have with it is that this show is so popular with so many people, plenty of people who I'm sure like assume they are anti-racist and assume they've entered these things. And like the, the more I learn, the more I know those are terrible assumptions to make mm -hmm. about anyone, including yourself. But like that this has sat right in front of so many people for so long yeah. and that we can't find good scholarly discussions about the problematic past of Joseph the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I mean, it's there right in the Donny Osmond film. Like, oh the use of brownface like, within minutes, it's there. We, we so my, my boyfriend was actually playing Animal Crossing because he was not very pleased to watch Joseph, as, <laughs> which is a sentiment I shared. Um, and so, like, watched the credits, saw that Richard Attenborough was going to be in it, yeah. saw him be the teacher, walk up on stage, yeah. um, and then, like, looked down for a second and then looked up, and then we were in the desert, right. which I'm sure is confusing enough. And Richard Attenborough was sitting there, and he was like, who's that? And I said, that's Richard yeah. Attenborough. And we had a moment where we were like, oh, we got to pause, like, hey. Mm, yeah. I think it's generous to call it bronzer. I think it's generous to say that like Richard Attenborough went tanning for a minute. Right. Like no, there's it's it's brownface. It's brownface. It's you know there's no and they, ifs, ands, or buts. And it continues and throughout the rest of the. It's all over the thing, and the fact that like when did that movie come out? Ninety three. Yeah, something like that. Like nineteen ninety three, yeah. and people were just like, yeah, okay, uh huh. This is a normal thing to do. This is a fine, non-problematic thing to yep. do. Like, in a world where we think we have, like, established that blackface is wrong. Right. This is still a thing that we're okay with. Right. Um, you know, and, like, n one of the things I, I, I am not well-educated enough to talk around is some of the Egyptian portrayal in yes, it. Yes, I think that really tricky. Um, I yeah. really do. And I... I feel I feel uninformed and ignorant, and I couldn't find. I'm still looking for. Mm -hmm. That's a better way to phrase that. You know, something to to tell me how to feel about that. Um, for sure. Because like, and the the discussion I had around it was like, I do have this vision in my brain of ancient Egypt is what Egypt is, right? What contemporary Egypt is, right? And. The it was during a break, and I I honestly had this conversation with my boyfriend. I was like, and I feel like that's probably problematic, and is certainly informed by how I was taught world history in school. Yeah, and I think the reason it's problematic is because I don't picture contemporary Greece the same way I picture ancient Greece. Oh, okay, uh huh. Well, I think you know I, I think mean? the other one as well is um ancient China. Sure. Yeah. Like there, I'd see them as different places or different moments or a progression in history mm -hmm. whereas like 
I think about Egypt and I think about the Sphinx. And I'm sure part of it is because the Sphinx is oh, It's a huge there. tourist attraction, and, absolutely. Yeah, and an interesting thing to teach fourth graders, yeah, right? Yeah, but I don't think... Look at, the, look at this crazy thing. Yeah. But then, you know, to omit... Like, I couldn't tell you a dang thing about contemporary Egypt. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And, like, it, it, you know, I'm finding my own missed pieces in this um, about representation. <laughs> and it is, you know... This is also the huge problem. I put this in and I'll bring it up again. Um, but Joseph is our version of Mr. Burns' a post-electric play um, because it is this like adaptation after adaptation after adaptation after adaptation of this, of this thing that maybe probably happened. Uh-huh. But through so many societal archaic lenses that it bears just a passing resemblance to its previous self mm. and is so mired in you know contemporary assumptions of the world um but like where and this is the insidious thing about joseph the average theater goer even the well-informed theater goer could see mr burns elect and post-electric play on thursday night and completely understand Mm -hmm. it and see joseph and the amazing technical or dream code on friday night and think it's a cute little fun play yeah and like that is what i think is it's the the popularity of Joseph as an adaptation is insidious, mm-hmm. is really messy, and is why I you know am finding I am more frustrated with it than cats because it is actively destructive in its existence. Yeah, I I I, I do I fully agree because that that's the thing like cats is fantasy, cats is out and out right fantasy. So so devoid and sets itself up and knows what it is. Yeah, it's in an alternate universe. Yeah. Um. And, like, really, Joseph is as well, but it doesn't say it is. Right. It passes itself off as, like, a you know, oh, remember this? The story? Yeah. That happened for real? Yeah. Because it's in the Bible, which is real? Yep. Yeah, I can... Sarcasm. No, I... Sarca- sarcasm quotes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear them. <laughs> anyway, Catholic school went great. I don't know if I've told you. Yeah, I know. It's really, it really really works. <laughs> It's it really it helped, man. You've converted. Oh boy, me. <laughs> that's I. I should be kinder too. I had plenty of great teachers in Catholic school. Absolutely, taught me wonderful, wonderful things. And Some of my best friends teach Catholic doing. school. And yes, it, right. Yes, yes. yes. Um, and you know, it's 2020. It's time to wake up. To wake up. It's gorgeous. Thank you. <laughs> thank, you. <laughs> thank you, Josh, for that brief. <laughs> Uh, Man, moments. that's how. Like, I've that. If there's any, if there's any character I've felt more connected with during quarantine, it is Pierre. Good old Pierre, I know. <laughs> All I do is sit and read and sit and read and drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my god, perfect. Yeah. Hours at my screen. You know, I've found the uh, number of the devil. It isn't like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, and. That's all we'll say on that before we get into a big discussion about Comet again. Do you remember the good years in Canaan? The summers were endlessly gold. May we? The fields were a patchwork of clover. All over. The winters were never too cold. We strolled down the boulevard together 
a promenade simply divine. Now the fields are dead and bare, no choix de vivre anywhere. In Mantelon, we drink a bitter wine. Those Canaan days we used to know, where have they gone? Where did they go? Eh bien, raise your berets to those Canaan days. Hey, so obviously I was talking about uh, Joseph being destructive. It's coming back. They're still doing it. Still doing it. No. Okay. So uh, weirdly, one of my last memories of theatre before Mm -hmm. it stopped. (laughs) Yeah, in the before times. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Is the Joseph concert, (laughs) which was I think like mid Feb. Yeah. Um. So I find that quite weird. (laughs) That is just like that is what's really kind of sitting in my head. Um. And I remember it happening because we, so the choir um, that I'm with, we did a, mm. a massive sing-through event in Joseph uh, was the show that, that we did. So it was just like February was Joseph for me. Right. Yeah. Um, in many, many ways. Uh, and yeah, I remember watching clips and videos and, and things of this concert and just being like, yeah. for the first time, uh-huh. I feel like... Because it was um, Andy Mentis's husband, Michael Arden. It was Michael Arden mm-hmm. who directed it. Right. Who we know is quite clued up. Yes, often. He has his foibles, right. but quite that's clued up. Word. He has his problems, yeah. but... Certainly, like, as, as directors go on Broadway, well-intentioned. Yes. Yeah, that's a good way to phrase right? it. Right? Um, and thinks with that brain. Now, yeah. this was the first time I kind of seen anything of joseph where i was like this is a joseph that almost like works yes yeah basically it was fully concert production yes. with books um which is which is great for it especially because it's often presented in a pseudo concert version anyway right i mean it is it's just with like the, num- it's a collection of numbers um right so yeah well, semi stage like children's chorus in the background yeah, and, yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. semi stage the choir was in the back it, the um orchestra was surrounding classic um yeah partial costume you know like implied costume but right. not really right um yeah and uh i think one of the things that i found that was key is that it was um completely gender blind in terms of casting yep. and things were rescored accordingly um yep and the, the there was no it just didn't feel like it mattered who you were. Yes. It was much more, you know, this word is loaded, but much more multicultural than a yeah, lot of Yeah, it was a very diverse production. It was a very diverse yeah. production. Um, yep. And I remember watching it and being like, that is enjoyable. And I can yes. enjoy that because yes. I'm not being presented something. Right. It, it literally, it just kind of became about the fun, silly songs. Yeah, when I think it also helps that, like, this was, I believe this was a 50th anniversary concert. It was, too. yeah. So it is a show, and this is a little masturbatory, but it is a show in celebration of itself as opposed to its story. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's something about that, too, right? It's like a, it's like Sondheim in concert. Like, you're celebrating 
the work as its own thing as opposed to fully celebrating the art that it is in a good way. Yeah, I completely think that is. Yeah, that's exactly it. Is it was just you could just kind of come along. Yeah. And if you know the songs, you're going to have a great time because they're going to be performed by extremely talented people for the most part. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So to me, I'm like yeah. going forward. Yeah. If you want to do Joseph. Yeah. It's kind of like lead by that example, like that yeah. that way. It kind of works. It is. And I am with I'm, within that as well. Like uh-huh. I just have to showcase just so I can put it in the show notes. Um, of course, Bonnie Milligan, who was in Head Over mm-hmm. Heels, mm-hmm. Uh, she sang those Canaan days, mm-hmm. and it wasn't rescored. It, that's a yeah. really good example. But they also, I mean, they had like Alex Newell, like these people that's who fantastic. are known for being incredible singers, well, who just got to have a, an amazing time with this score. Sure. And it is, it is fascinating to me. I've been tossing around, I, you know, who knows if I'll ever make a video again, but an idea for a video mm-hmm. um, around this idea of like, what do we do when we come back? Because there has been these wonderful and great movements um, around, you know, like the whole Dear White American Theater movement. Yep. Um, and uh, if you haven't read Tonya Pinkins, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Tonya, uh-huh. Uh, if you haven't read Tonya Pinkins' uh, like open letter about some of this stuff um, and like the creation of these kind of you know diversity and inclusion committees and how it's bullshit, um, which I'm I am with her. Yeah, um, is that that's, that's like, again been really eye opening. We're part of a network that Tonya's on, and when uh, BPN was having some discussions about like, oh, everyone's tweeting their message, what should we tweet? Um, she chimed in with, you know. Uh, a hot and livid email about like how dare you ask me as if I am the token black person what we should write about this thing um, and it, it was spicy and it's a lot of the same sentiment that she puts in that thing and I, I see it in a way that I did not see it before yeah and in a way that I've been complicit with in some of the structures I've lived in before yeah um, and so then the question right we have these great motivations how do we come back? Totally. What do we do with these structures that we know exist? You know, how do we find the way to serve the wonderful things we're trying to create while also, you know, recognizing that we have a lot to undo and a lot to unpack? And I, one of the thoughts I have had is, like, if you're doing any revival of anything, you absolutely must unpack the systems of power that exist and are complacent in it and see if there's anything you can do with your production to dismantle it. Mm-hmm. Do you cast it gender blind? Do you know? Are you saying something by you know casting it with a person of color in an interesting or uh, important way? Exactly. You know, Denver Denver had in the before times an all black production of Oklahoma before the bloody version of Oklahoma. Yes, and it was a fascinating little brain bug yeah. just to think about. Is good um, and like. No revival should happen without that thought. Right. Which, you know, Hugh Jackman's going to show up in The Music Man and he's going to be white and it's all going to be the celebration of small town Americana and it's going to be bullshit. Like, we're not going to get there right away and it's going to be frustrating and we'll complain about it in two years. Yeah, and I think um, that's the thing is it's like, there, like there's obviously there's the fallout of the stuff that is being queued up. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's just a case of like riding that wave and not forgetting. Right. And not now. forgetting. And, and like 
acknowledging that we have this belief that theater kind of exists in these ebbs and flows. Like you can't just put on a show tomorrow. You can't yeah. Mickey and Judy it. Not on Broadway right now. Yeah. Not, not be, you know, because there are systems in place. Yeah. Doesn't mean you shouldn't try. Doesn't mean we couldn't figure out how to do that. Yeah. But that's how the system has worked before. And that's the only way the system knows to work. Yeah. And not to justify it, but an acknowledgement of that is important if you want to unpack that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and so I do think as problematic as Joseph is, and as much as some of those problems I'm sure still exist in this concert, I'm sure Benjamin Calypso's in it, I, you know, like I'm sure it's, you know, performed by a, you know, black performer, which feels a little tokenizing, mm-hmm. even surrounded by more people of color, mm-hmm. um, even with lyric changes, you know, it doesn't make it not tokenizing. Yep. Um, we're, you know, inching forward, and it is, you know, this is, it's that Doctor Who thing. Like, you've got to acknowledge the good things and the bad things and denounce the bad things mm-hmm. and recognize the good things. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I lost the plot of that. Song. No, I, 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 I kind of get it. Like, um, I think, like, that's the, that's the kind of tricky thing about Joseph is, like, it is a, a really fun, happy time, right? Yeah. Like, that is, to me, that's what it is. Yeah. There's a, there's a bloody mega mix at the end. Right, yeah. Right? Th- that's what it is. Yeah. It, it, it's just good fun. And I think... Right. That is really the main thing any director going forward with Joseph specifically, I feel like right. that's what they have to yeah. present is unabashed, celebratory yeah. fun. I do have a question for you. Yeah which won't have an answer okay one of those I've had this, yeah 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 i've had this thought recently that like escapism might be dead or at least needs to take a nap for a little bit mm. uh, yeah i, you I had a conversation with a friend about this um about i think the term at the moment is uh um toxic positivity mm, i like that okay sure I I'm still working this out. I'm because I don't know if I do like that. Um, yeah. Because I I understand where that comes from. I'm surprised we're talking mm-hmm. about this actually. I because I, I we just had a conversation the other day. Um, yeah. I understand where that comes from. Right about the idea uh-huh. of you know people feel things and just being told right it's all good don't worry about it just right keep smiling keep on truck like yeah like that kind of thing can be hard for people because sometimes it's it's right. really difficult to do that right and and people deserve their feelings in a way that is true to them a hundred percent i don't think having a positive mindset mm-hmm. or training yourself to having mm-hmm. a positive mindset mm-hmm flies in the face of that sure and i'm purely speaking from my own experience here like this is yeah. just this is I mean, the journey that's... that i've gone on specifically right in this yeah, time. yeah yeah at yeah. the start of this time i was not in a positive headspace right i think that's i would i would sympathize right. and yeah. empathize with that too i do th- and i mean like that's you know to to uh like that's hopefulness to maybe oversimplify but right but i do wonder you know, I guess my question is a little more nuanced because it's fine for, I absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. 
if 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 your world is positive attitude right now and that's what you need and you know find the joy in the moment and ch- and you choose escapism yes. for a moment absolutely valid you know that's mental health that's you know uh, uh mental hygiene yeah. right that's stuff we should all be doing because our art form has to be collaborative and takes time and money and space and choice yeah. around that there is you know i guess the 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 part my mind is grappling with like there has to be some care taken if you're providing a moment of escapism because you're taking up space that could be used for analysis or critique Education. or leaning in and that sort of stuff um you know and it is this question we're gonna have to face in the coming year mm-hmm. or so right can we do the music man even you know let's let's like well that's the problem can you ignore what's happening outside for two hours to go and watch the music man again it's interesting because we always pull it back to comet <laughs> the only musical day. The only, <laughs> i'm so happy to live in that little world <laughs> um there is a musical right that that openly says we're shutting the doors yeah and you're gonna enjoy this story yeah right that exists as this story um yeah and on the flat surface that's what comet Mm -hmm. is comet is literally a retelling of a story yeah right but the author Mm -hmm. has held up a magnifying glass Right. To the, I don't know, the reticule at the door <laughs> that right. is allowing you to peer outside and reflect Yeah. on everything. So it's, you're not escaping and you're not going away. It's yeah. like, it's almost like a, like a meditation vibe where sure. you're going in and you're processing the life that you're leading. Yeah. Amidst this story. Right. But like, that's different from this. I, but what? So sorry. Yeah. So what I mean by that is, um, because again, I, I think this is a, a, a difficult example. But something like Oklahoma, Oklahoma mm-hmm. was written in the lands of escapist theater. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. It is exactly the golden age, right? Right. Um, where you know the book was to tell a story like that's what they were doing right. there. they were not yeah. there was no morals right um and yet we've just seen this production that tells mm, the exact same head. story yeah but allows you to think right and i think that's it i think it's like you've got the material right what you need to do is be smart with right. your handling of that material like, I think this is my struggle with it. So, like, let's say 2021 Joseph is coming up. Yeah. It's 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 slated to be this Noah Galvin basic idea production, right? Yeah. It's just a, a, you know, resetting of the same... Well, it already idea. exists, the production. It's, okay. Um, it's just it's just finished a tour, a national tour. Well, not so, just finished, but you know what I mean. And we've seen most of it. It is generally escapist. I would, clar- I would classify it as, mm-hmm. right? The, the show's not holding up any 
big magnifying glasses to contemporary social issues. Yeah. It might be doing smaller things to unpack some of the previous problems with Joseph, but isn't like, you know, drawing straight social commentary on, mm -hmm. you know, racism in the United States as an example. Mm -hmm. it, but it's going to take up space. So is that, o is that okay? I, I think again, weirdly with this production of Joseph. So, I know a lot of people that saw the tour mm. um, and a lot of intelligent people who shun that kind of theatre, that kind of sure. escapist nonsense theatre, um, yeah. have seen it. And actually, one of the things that they said was it's so distinctly like queer in its presentation. It is out and out gay camp. Yeah. Like... And what the kind of message and the takeaway that they got from that is the idea mm. of celebration and the idea yeah. of oneness and yeah. festivity. And yeah. um, there's, I think there's always a place for that sure. too. Yeah. And, and like, then you, you know, representation on stage is revolutionary in all of its forms. Yeah whether it's queer representation or black representation or, you know, female representation, all this yeah. stuff, right? Interesting. I, I, yeah. So I just think, like, it, it, it's, it's the duality. Like, you, you can't ever have one thing, you know what I mean? And I right. think the same thing needs to needs to be for theatre. Um, yeah. Because you, I think you do need breathing space, and I think you do need sure. that meditation. To, like, you do need that meditative time where you can yeah. watch something that doesn't tell you what right. to think. It's not saying, right. here is your issue. This is the issue that we're right. talking about. Right. That is yeah. more celebratory and that allows you to think, okay, I love this. I'm having a wonderful time. Why am I having yeah. a wonderful time? Is it because right. X, Y, Z? And from that, you can get thoughts. It's just, I don't know, I think for anything, and it may yeah. be because I'm doing a lot of yoga, but you need, <laughs> sure. you need balance right yeah. like that's that's, that's yeah. the eternal thing it never works and it's something that we've always had now right have the scales maybe tilted one certain way sure potentially but i think certainly yeah. you know before times pre-before times they were tilting to the the side that was yeah. hey theater's a really good platform here right well this is the eternal pendulum i mean we see it you know the it, it's always been the discussion between West Side Story and uh, Music Man in 71. Was that the Tonys? Yeah. Um, where the Music Man won over West Side Story, this revolutionary piece dealing with racism in the United States. Or, or, or sorry, Music Man won over West Side yeah. Story. Is that what I said? Yeah. Um, where like Music Man is this like whiteness, like small town. And like, hey, surprise, 2021, we're probably going to end up with a Broadway with a revival of West Side Story and a revival of Music Man at the same time. Mm -hmm. Again, it is interesting to watch this tension. And I guess you're right, the balance between it all. It is also fascinating to me in this, you know, Mr. Burns-ish way, mm -hmm. like a queer production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat is such an adaptation <laughs> of an adaptation of an adaptation with a new message of an adaptation, like to the point where is it its original thing anymore? Like... I, I mean, I think, like, overt racism aside, 
the Donny sure. Osmond presentation yeah. is distinctly queer. Yeah, it's fair. The sto- I, I think mean, the, the story, uh-huh. like the, the way, the story that Android Weber has told is like this, the joy and celebration of wearing a beautiful coat. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. There's nothing more. And celebrating positivity in the face of complete. Blackness. Right. And there's no love story. There's no, no, um, you know, any sex that that is nearly approached is instantly denounced, right? Right, um, and it's, you know, you've got this female telling the story of this guy, right? There's, it, it's so, it's really, yeah, really, it just, it, it feels really cool yeah, in a, and but no, difficult to articulate, like, because let's just. Like you know, not Benjamin Calypso because that is racist. But sure, those kind of days is a flamboyant French pastiche. I mean, that's the oh, thing. Yeah. Pastiche in general is oh, yeah. born I in mean, camp. The whole the whole Potiphar number. I mean, the if there's a uh uh I I couldn't figure out what it was because it was one of those unlabeled YouTube videos. But there's a 1972 recording of this show pre West End. It has to be mm-hmm. right. Or at least the YouTube video says 1972, and that's all it says. So I know nothing more. Right. But it seems pretty close to the photos I see. There's a male narrator, um, and there's a lot of shirtlessness, more so. Yeah. Um, and the whole like uh, uh, Potiphar number is all the brothers in you know pseudo Egyptian garb without shirts and the weird line cloth, mm-hmm. loincloths, and uh, 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 it's like a, a cane and soft shoe number. And they're all like linking arms and sitting down next to each other. And it looks really freaking gay. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, like there's something all about that. It's fascinating. And I think that's why like the extension of the, the 2019, uh, sorry, the 2020 concert. Yeah. It was because I'm like, you know, we're now just reaching out where we've, we've extended that even further, where it's just this right. kind of like pansexual melodrama. Like it doesn't. Right. It, it, yeah. It, it, it's literally, just whoever... it literally means nothing now. And it's yeah. just but it's joy so, and camp. It's so, yeah, I, man. D- D- Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice didn't intend any of that. Unequivocally. Unequ- but is it ingrained in who they are? Because literally, no, but literally, Evita, yeah. Sunset Boulevard, Phantom, like, in a weird kind of way, Jesus Christ Superstar, but maybe less so. Sure, maybe between Judas and Jesus. Cats, but like, camp is yeah. who they are. Like, camp is what they do. I, I think I think we're talking cart and horse, though. I think they do camp because they're raised from the pantomime upbringings of English world. I'm not saying, and... I'm not saying they're writing it as a celebration of queer culture. Right. Not at all. But I think it's all they can do is to write that because it's to say anything that Tim Rice touches is camp. Right. But that's, that's the thing is like now Joseph, this 2021 Joseph is going to be as described a celebration of queer culture was not written as no, a celebration of queer culture, but like that's, fascinating to me yeah, like that's yeah that's you know the it's the same way that i'm baffled that the rogers and hammerstein organization at all approved of bloody oklahoma um yeah. like because they're so on top of authorial intent right for sure like militant about it um and the fact that that 
you know, I don't know what happened behind closed doors there, but there had to be a discussion about that. Yeah. Right? You know, this is a, a different version of that. This is a laissez-faire, like, I don't think Lloyd Webber is like, hmm, yes, we're going to make a queer version of, right? No, it's someone else had this idea and he's like, he sees money and he's like, okay, great. Um, I, I don't know though. I, again, like it's, it, it, and over the rainbow, these girls take off their shoes and hand them to Andrew Lloyd Webber, and then they glide off in a moon. Like you're you're conflating you're conflating camp and queer, and I think this is important, right? <sighs> camp is not inherently queer. Queer has taken control of camp, right? Identified with it, but the order is important, right? Because camp is, comes from these pantomime things. Uh huh. But this but this is what I mean is that it's still like a celebratory as facet of queer culture but it's it's queer there's a, a subtle but important difference between a celebratory aspect of queer culture and queer culture celebrating right yes uh, no so but that's that's what i mean so i'm not saying that's what it is it's not like there isn't that produ- this upcoming production of joseph sure isn't that it is mm-hmm. the like it is the celebratory vibe. It's not. No one's gay in it. No one's queer right. in it, whatsoever. But the feeling and the celebration is bathed in camp. Yeah, I mean, there's an article. Uh... It's on HeyAlma.com, which I've never heard of before. Noah Galvin lives his gay Jewish, Jewish fantasy in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat mm-hmm. concert. Like, and he like in that guess... presentation, he is presenting queer. Like, right. If you watch the videos of it, there's it's sure. unabashedly. I guess the the thing I'm uncomfortable with is. Uh, and this is something that could easily be interpreted in the opposite direction, and I don't intend it that mm-hmm. way. Using a non-queer piece of literature as a vehicle for, like, elevating, you know, gay rights, queer rights, you know, the, the meme is, like, Andrew Lloyd Webber said gay rights. Like, mm-hmm. show me Andrew Lloyd Webber waving his gay pride right. flag. Right, completely, like, completely, and utterly. Right? And I think there's something dangerous about being completely about not acknowledging that, about being complacent with mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, that like, and then and even more so than that, about elevating it, mm-hmm. about making it that thing, right? Do, you know, you like celebratory gay musicals. Let's do a, let's write one, right? Mm-hmm. With gay author, um, you know, with queer performers. Like, as opposed to just saying like, oh, well, you know, people love Joseph, so let's use it as our gay vehicle to get him in, you know? Like, mm. <sighs> I'm 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 nervous about that being it, it's the same problem with people accepting the bronzer in the 1990s Joseph right it's the same problem with the calypso persisting you know it just becomes this kind of like the only way queer people can exist is on top of you know cishet straight uh, uh, literature mm-hmm. And is by appropriating it in subtle and, you know, or like, like, oh, well, you know, we can see Noah Galvin's queerness in it, but my mom wouldn't. And I love her to death. And, you know, she's not homophobic by any means, but 
like, d- d- y- there's, I guess this is like, this stems back to my initial question of like, is escapism dead? Like, escapism must be predicated on a concept of, uh, uh, like, at least temporarily ignoring or forgetting nuance and the uh, st- uh, social and political structures that exist outside of the theater, mm-hmm. right? Because you have to escape. And so you have to just experience the story there. And I don't think any literature at all can just exist in its vacuum, even if it wants to. Mm-hmm. It's Tim Rice saying, you know, I don't, I'm not political. I wanted to write a real tale about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can't do... Even if you think you are doing that, you're not because you are absolutely influenced by everything that's gone into your brain. And so you are more honest with the world and with yourself if you acknowledge those things. And then the way in which you acknowledge those things and then the tension between those two things becomes important. How much you do or don't shut out the world, right? Mm -hmm. Like a fully escapist production of The Music Man is still saying something political even if it doesn't want to. Right, Uh Right. It may not be saying something um, positively political, right? But it's still, but it's still saying something, yeah. right? Like if you know, if Hugh Jackman walks out and the entire chorus is white, we're saying You're something, it very, very, right? Uh-huh. Especially now, um, and so even in the same way, I don't know. I guess I don't know what my thesis is about this thing, other than like a general uncomfortableness with it, mm-hmm. in a in a in a way that I find it a little dangerous to not name. So if that makes any sense? So it's not. So you would would you watch this production if you were sat in the audience? Would you be mm-hmm. like, "This is making me uncomfortable because it's written by Andrew Lloyd Webber and people are celebrating things, it"? I think a lot of things would make it uncomfortable, and this is absolutely mired in my own experience. But you know, having an out and out queer icon celebrating and and jiving as a stalwart biblical figure in what is pretending to be a a biblical religious retelling of a religious thing Mm -hmm. i have i have lots of problems with that based on the persecution of homosexuals by the catholic church like Mm. you know and and pretending like it's all kumbaya yeah and that but is there any is there any element of it that's like a, a fuck you to all of these institutions, you know what I mean? That it is like it's like we're taking this. I guess, and we're guess, you know you've written sure. some banging pop tunes. Sure right. as hell, I'm going to dance to them. Where, where uh, Oklahoma is a fuck you, right? Very much. Bloody so. Oklahoma is a fuck you, right? Even Denver's Black Oklahoma is a fuck you, uh-huh. right? I don't know if this one is. But what I mean is that, could it be? Sure. I think it would need to go farther in a way that would then go against their financial uh, necessity. Yeah. Like, in a way that would make people uncomfortable. In a way that I think bloody Oklahoma struggled, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, people went expecting, you know, yeah. oh, what a beautiful morning, and got something that they weren't planning yeah. for. Um, which is great and divisive, and I love that kind of uh-huh. theater. And, you know, I don't know if Joseph is the vehicle for that. Yeah. And then, you know, cast a, what, this is stupid and I'm spitballing, but cast a male narrator and at the end of it, Joseph kisses the narrator. Like, what are you going to do? Like, 
uh, well then it's then it's know. a different story because then you've added in a love story <laughs> fair fair and that's different but like you know i also i guess i also some of my uh uh latent uh uh, atheism uh-huh. is bleeding into my distaste for this because it's it's funny because um, I don't see it as religious whatsoever. Fascinating, right? I, it's I, a it's a it's a it's a Bible I story. I absolutely agree, right? But to me, there's nothing because, like you say, there's no moral in it. People read, as far as I know, people read the Bible right. to interpret and to right. make decisions on their own life, right? But it's all about God and destiny. Absolutely, and... but to me, I, as someone that's, I still have a reverence. Again, like anytime we talk about any sort of religious sure. musical, I always go back to Godspell right. and the right. fact that I have such a reverence with that show, and I'm not religious at all. Godspell to me sure. isn't about God. Godspell to a lot of people is about God. Is about God, yeah. Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcore, I'm sure to a lot of people, is a beautiful, fun retelling of the Bible, right? Yeah. To me, that literally doesn't come into it. I'm not, because in in a strange way, like, God never really comes up. Yeah. Like... He, well... Part of it is in, like, close every door to me. It's like, if I were important, you know, I'd ask would I live or die. But I know my aunt, the answers lie far from this world. Right. Like, uh-huh. it's, and there's a lot of implication, but not in a very overt Jesus Christ superstar way or a very overt Godswell right. way, even. Like, it's right. it's so diluted down into a story. Sure. A little story. Um Yeah. But I think, I guess the thing I'm struggling to articulate is maybe that's my problem with it is that it is possible i don't know i don't know if this is how i feel i'm gonna say it Mm -hmm. out loud um when an adaptation of a biblical piece becomes so separate from the structures that allowed the piece to thrive and bloom systemic you know uh uh, categorization and dehumanization of organized religion right it be- the Bible, this story becomes so separate from it. Mm-hmm. It's the same, you know, it's art and artist and the separation between the two. Yeah. What is a distance after which it becomes okay? Because, right, you know, we you could find, because, it, because of the way Western literature fancies itself, um, you could find all sorts of uh, biblical uh, parallels between almost every piece right. of popular american literature because of the way we've decided you need to analyze literature yeah. this one that you don't have to go far to see the connection right she walks on stage with a bible and opens it um but if she doesn't do that she does in the no but i'm saying version. if she if she doesn't I mean, you got to make a lot more changes. Way, way back, many centuries ago, not long after the Bible began. Yep. Um, in Gogo Joseph, like, we've read the book and you come out on top. Like, But here's, it's, but it's, again, like, it's all implied. It's not, here is a story from the Bible. You know what I mean? Joseph was given these dreams from God. What? Like, no, no, I, I disagree fully. Name a show that is... Uh, more 
overt about it being an explicit Bible story than Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. I genuinely think Godspell and Jesus Christ Superstar. Because they talk about mm. the experience and each of the characters has a relationship with God and they address God as, but as those God. T- but those, those two aren't pitched as stories from the Bible. They're pitched as stories. They're pitched as, here's what happened to Jesus. And Godspell is mired in, mm-hmm. you know, this whole, like, other framing story, right? This one is is pitched as a parable, as a story, as this comes from the text and this and you... Right, because that is where it's, it's from. Predicated. Like, at the end of the day, that is where it's from. But what So I, you, can't pre- you can't pretend that it's implied. No one, no one is going into the show and saying like, "Oh, I wonder where that story." No, but that's from. that is again. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, it doesn't come on the radar for me. That isn't. I don't think of it and respond to it as I would, as another religious text. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like that isn't actually. In a way, I would imagine if there was uh-huh. more religion in it. I'd probably yeah. think more positively about it. Sure. I wonder if this is also our differences in upbringing, being raised in Catholic yeah, school. Yeah, for sure. Because the Bible was religion, like, and then you read yeah. it, and this is the text you study. Whereas and it all, it's from this. Exactly. Religion's lowercase for me. Do you know what I mean? Like, religion right. is this yeah. shared experience that we all have. Right. Um, right. And I do have a very interesting relationship with it because. Sure. I don't. I don't even like calling myself agnostic because right. of the stupid connotations that come alongside that. Um, right. But I just have an interesting relationship. That's what I just say. I have an interesting relationship with religion. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, me going and seeing a story from Taoism, right. and going and seeing a story presented from, you know, the Quran and the like. Right. I would you have the same entry point. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think I, especially because, you know, both of my first experiences with this, whether it's the seventh grade one I experienced really in the good point. Yeah. or the filmed one that replicates my first experience with yeah. this, are framed around this, like, educational Catholic upbringing. Interesting. Which, you know, perhaps breezes past you more easily than it does me. I wonder like, if that's this, it. The I don't know how how recently you rewatched the Donny Osmond version, but like the opening credits start with all of the actors, like before uh-huh. even the part you register as the thing. Yeah. It starts with all the actors dressed as teachers, kind of like sternly ushering all of these uniformed kids into the gym yeah. and like everyone being really quiet and, you know, like regimented about this stuff. And like, that's a visceral, visceral memory for me. For sure. You know. I don't want to. I think the word tri- triggered is loaded, uh-huh. um, but it's kind of triggering. Yeah, for you me, recognize right? that. Like, I recognize that, and I recognize not liking mm-hmm. it, um, and like that. The, and then, and then, oh, but it's a fun thing, and you know, Richard Attenborough is a fun guy, yeah. right? Um, and oh, they all clap and everything, but like, you know, I think that very much informs how I relate to the show, yeah. and I think how uh, any. You know, I'm I'm discovering this more and more as I I acknowledge my uh, I don't know grumpiness about musical theater <laughs> and some of the immovability of some of my opinions um, that I recognize and I'm trying to make you know concerted efforts to soften. And I think you um, are case in point. Your discussions you. of cats in this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, 
but like recognizing that like my associations with this show are things that I now connotate as very negative. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it's really hard for yeah. me to separate that from the art. And I can, I can totally appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, which is, I'm, you know, I'm interested in general to know because like so many pieces of musical theater, you know, this is like Shrek, right? Like all of them, you're not going in to see Joseph wondering what's going to happen. Right. And this is a show that like takes advantage of that mm-hmm. even more so than I, like, I think there are people who walked into cats not knowing what was going to happen mm-hmm. for the very first time there, even from its inception. Right. I'm sure the, you know, 13, 14, 15 year old kids in the boys school learning this piece also read bits of the Bible. Some of them, to understand what was going on, especially mm-hmm. to adapt it. Of course, that's the thing I would do if I was teaching this. And so like, and their parents, absolutely, because we assume this kind of like pop culture understanding of parts of the Bible at least have some conception of this as a story. And that it just, it seats it in such a weird way that I'm noticing about a lot of musical theater mm. that like, will we ever have a piece anymore where you can go in I guess this is this is related to my question about escapism too. Mm. Like, you know, the the true original musical, right. the people who saw then like a contemporary one walking into it not knowing legitimately not knowing what's going to happen. I guess what I think because we are such, you know, an adapted art form. Mm-hmm. And rightly so, it's hard to write a musical. But like because we live in, you know, post post postmodern art world. Mm where nothing is original and everything is an adaptation of an adaptation Mm -hmm. again. Asking an audience member, I think maybe that's my thesis. Like asking an audience member to give you the honor of full escapism is beyond the pale. Mm -hmm. You know, asking everyone to come in to just think about your piece in isolation seems, you know, impossible. Right. You might, encourage people to get there you might create a place where people where it is such an engrossing story that they can forget the outside world for a little bit but not from walking in and holding the playbill yeah um and certainly not of analysis afterwards Um, yeah exactly which is such an interesting thing because it's something artists want to ask for like no just look at my piece Mm -hmm. Just appreciate it for what it is. But that's, you know, this is, I don't know. I always find long, philosophical, heated, argumentative conversations resolve on, like, really simplistic truisms about the world. Mm -hmm. But that, like, art is this weird intersection of existing on its own, but also commenting on everything around it. Exactly. That is is it. Yeah. Art isn't easy. But, you know... This musical sucks. I what I'm stunned, right, is that we've been able to talk for almost two hours about Joseph. We always this might be pulling back the podcast curtain behind this thing, but whenever I like Jimmy and I always get nervous about some fluffier musicals. We're we like we were uh, 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 texting before this, being like, "God, what the hell are what we going to talk, talk about? about?" Yeah, like I sat for an hour being like, "What to discuss?" and I didn't expect the discussions that we had, but I'm glad no, we had them. Me neither. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And thank you, <laughs> listeners. And thank you for listening. This is, no. <laughs> God. I also, this is sidebar, but I'm also always so fascinated by like 
the 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 structures that exist around the art that we decide must be the structures around the art you know why do pictures need frames um like why do musicals need overtures i could talk about why i think they do but uh-huh. it is weird that so many people accept that they just have them oh for sure but that's a i yeah, mean that's a whole other wonderful that's a whole topic. other podcast yeah <laughs> that's like the ninth new podcast that we're we've got in the bank <laughs> after our uh what was it how do you solve a problem like maria was that the sound of music one yes i think maria was Where the they first chose different yeah maria was the first okay. one um and then joseph and then and it was then nancy joseph. and then it was what if you could have any reality show about picking have they done a mama rose one yet no that would be fun it would yeah it would be yeah, that would be really interesting. But then... Would it? Or... Bec- <laughs> it would be trash. Don't get me wrong. I don't know if it but would be I good imagine... because it would, it would all depend never... on the director. I've never watched any of these shows, uh, but I imagine with the kind of parts they pick, like Maria and Joseph and was it Dorothy? Nancy and, and Dorothy, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, who's Nancy? From Oliver. Oh, uh, Okay. I thought you meant Nancy from The Wizard of Oz. And I was like, <laughs> Nancy. <laughs> She's like Dorothy's, Dorothy's friend. sister. Yeah. She's just like um, annoying. Like the the kind of people they're going to ask to audition for these are up and comers who, you know, just want to be nice to everyone and like might get in little spats here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my assumption about these shows having never watched them. Right. If you're casting for Mama Rose... You're going to get old, crotchety, angry, you know, like real housewives style. Like, it'd be trashy and not great, but like, there'd be drama. Um, yeah, you need to watch it because okay. Nancy, Is there drama? Nancy had those elements. <laughs> okay. The Nancy's dead. Um, it's it's not a reality. Like, they don't live in a house together. I don't think they do anyway. Right. Um, it's very It's mu- more like American Idol, Idol yeah, or something. It's, it's, like, it's much yeah. more in that tone. It's just... it's. Ooh honestly just fascinating screw that make them live in a house together imagine a big brother style house of 12 mama roses musical theater divas (laughs) like who've been like regional like queens Uh, 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 terrifying but yeah hugely entertaining i would i would hate myself for watching that and watch every episode i wouldn't miss uh single second as i did that yeah. was over the rainbow yeah like that's my i i don't like a lot of reality tv right but that <laughs> i'd watch <laughs> but hey they're all doing quite well good for them you know that's always great i always love to hear that about like at least you can leverage it even if it's manufactured right and one of the nancy's um who didn't win uh, mm. I think has played Elvira on Broadway. Oh, so there you that's go. awesome! And she just she originated the lead in uh, "Come From Away" here. Oh, uh, Jen Colella. No, um, here, not there. Right, that character. Though. But Jen Colella's character, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, Jen Colella did not start off in <laughs> "I Do Anything." Naturally, <laughs> <laughs> Trevor reality TV show. <laughs> Although I'm sure she did very well as Nancy. Was that the Oliver one? Yeah. I do anything. I do anything. Oy. It's funny, right? It it is, but in a stupid way. It's honestly like, like you need to, because again, just the level of camp. Oh yeah. Is oh yeah. Off I'm sure. The charts taking off their shoes. 
handing so... them to Android Weber, who's uh, obviously the most. I don't even want to get into. I like. I will be accused of being oversensitive to so many aspects <laughs> of things, but like, god damn, right? Who said? Who said yes to this? Android Weber. <sighs> that well, that exactly. Yes. I love your impression yes. of Android Weber, which is mm, yes. This will be fun. <laughs> Rich British I re- man. Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Honestly, who knew? Who knew? We didn't even talk about how it, in professional things, Technicolor needs to have a trademark on it. Yeah, Although, that's a whole, whole question. Here's a, here's a question. We live in fascinating times. I believe Technicolor, the company, is going bankrupt right now. Um, oh, really? Because they still do like color grading for films and some film stuff. Right. Um, and not that this is on the top of anyone's wondering about this year, but I wonder if Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat will lose its registered trademark little insignia if the company Technicolor goes bankrupt. And Interesting. Like ceases to exist. Isn't that a fascinating idea? Yeah, like fascinating in our world, isn't it? Yeah, fascinating. That isn't, that isn't a populist fascinating, fascinating thing. <laughs> but to us, that's something that we'll yeah. think about for a while. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sure to a lot of you too, listeners. Um, <laughs> hey, want to know what's next? I bet you ask away. Okie dokie. So, Tommy, our next show uh, is the first musical to receive the Pulitzer without a production on Broadway. Simple as that. What show is it? It's our easiest question yet, I think. I hope. Potentially. Not like <laughs> I was listening back. Our one for Singing in the Rain yeah. We did this stupid like um, quiz question where we like put something through Google five times and expected people to get that. Oh, that's stupid, man! That's so stupid. stupid. <laughs> we are idiots. Anyway, <laughs> um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, idiots, you absolutely can. <laughs> um, our show Twitter and Instagram is at Jim and Tomic. That is J I M A N D T O M I C. Or you can drop us an email on our website at jimandtomic.com. And while you're there, you can check out our Patreon if you'd like to financially support the show. Uh, As always, thank you to our current patrons. Uh, We adore you deeply. And reviews on Apple Podcasts are fantastic. Or wherever else you get your podcasts. The podcast landscape is diversifying nowadays. It's huge! And, of course, it just helps us out so much when you tell your pals, your musical theatre-loving pals, all about our show. Um, That's really the only way that we advertise, if you call it advertising. (laughs) <laughs> yes. it's just thank you for telling people about us thanks uh, and hey thanks for listening cheers Jimmy cheers Tommy
Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There is enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. I very much enjoyed Andrew Lloyd Webber's social media team is putting him up to a lot of tweeting right now right. during the Corona times. Um, and he's, it must be like a weekly, like what's Andrew listening to? Um, oh, okay. And he'll like hold up a photo of the album on his iPad. And so there's a very staged photo of Andrew Lloyd Webber doing that like fake beady eyed Andrew Lloyd Webber yeah. smile, holding up an iPad with Harry Styles singing uh, watermelon oh, sugar my Christ. on the front of it. And it's just this weird it's so you got we'll put if this makes it in the photo will go in the show notes because you just got to see this photo <laughs> wow okay i might that can be the outro <laughs> i'll stick it in for <laughs> <Perfect>. that reason <laughs> wow